Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with privacy mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course, present my thoughts the way I want. Right again. Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh. There it is. Drawing board or... Miro. All our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's one. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro Brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O dot com. This, this, this is, 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 is. Fight Disciples. Hello, welcome to a special edition of the Fight Disciples podcast. I know you're thinking, where have the lads been? As you are aware, if you listened to last week's show, Adam is currently sunning himself. I said I would pick up the reins. There was supposed to be a show yesterday. Here's a quick disclaimer, and I won't throw him under the bus. There was supposed to be an MMA show yesterday by, with a current MMA ch- world champion. And an hour before we were due to record, he texted me and said, sorry, I'm on a flight to Medellin in Colombia. It was a last-minute thing. Jesus Christ, a last-minute thing <laughs> to go to Colombia of all bloody places. But anyway, and we'll get into that in a second, no doubt, with today's boxing show guest, because I'm delighted. And if you follow us on social media, you'll know that we're all buddy boys at the moment. We're friends. <laughs> I'm delighted to say the one, the only Britain's funniest man. The guy who literally hosts the second best podcast in the country <laughs> in parenting hell, the gooner himself, Mr. Rob Beckett, finally gets to join the Fight Disciples. Yes, Rob. Yes. How are you, buddy? My, my, my debut on the Fight Disciples. The problem with going on a podcast that you love is you lose an episode that week because I cannot listen to myself back. Do you listen <laughs> to yourself back? I do all the time because, <laughs> honestly... I, I'm a nightmare. I walk the dog, listen to the show back, and no, I like, kick myself for not saying things I should have said. Really? I so you listen time. back every week? I can't. Yeah, I, I it sends to. me mad. Really? Adam's the same. Adam cannot listen to a single second, but yeah. I, I don't know whether it's because I've come from a written journalistic background and I moved yeah. into broadcasting that I'm like my worst critic or whatever. But yeah, it's things like absolutely and all these little ticks that I have. Yeah, like, it's good, I suppose. Yeah, you try, you try and it's a, probably a good thing to do so you can sort of get rid of the things you don't like you say, but I can't be fucked. 
Yeah. <laughs> First and foremost, anyone yeah. watching on YouTube, as you can see, yeah. look at Rob's background there. What is yeah. with the footy shirt? Have you just done well, a football podcast before this or something? No. So long story short, I do this like from an office for my my podcast, but I don't normally have any. Uh, I don't do video, do we? So I don't. Know, should I be looking at you or the camera? I don't know what to do. We just do audio. We're old school, and and I, and and basically these all my football shirts, but I've been putting them out just for soundproofing purposes. So at the moment, that is the soundproof. But I can change them up. But yeah, it looks a bit like, you know, them YouTubers, they got on BT Sport in the pandemic. They were just doing it yeah, from exactly. their room and they had to get a background that wasn't just like their mum's spare room. So, yeah, it looks a bit like I've just got divorced, which, exactly. you know, it's not it too far It looks like the off. wife has gone, all your crap, keep it in your office. That's, well, that's, exactly, that's exactly what's happened. If, if I went missing and the police turned up at my house and they'd, and they'd say, well, show me his stuff, she'd be like, well, no, he's wearing his shoes. There's, there's nothing here. <laughs> You wouldn't be able to tell I lived at my house. You could, you wouldn't be able to tell I lived there. Every, all my shit's here. So anyway, exciting to be on it. On quite an exciting week for boxing, Nick. This is not what we what? wanted, but it's a bit of drama. Yeah. Listen, I'm a bit gutted because last week we were celebrating. Yeah. Last week it was like the most positive show we've ever done in seven years of Fight Disciples because we had a new way. We had Crawford, and we were like, boxing's the greatest sport on air, yeah. kids. Woohoo! And then this week. We're back to, unfortunately, we're back to normal a little bit, aren't we? Jesus I know. Christ. It was so depressing when I saw it. Because I'm, 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 I'm going to the fight. I've got tickets to the fight. But I, because, and I like, but you don't, it's sort of like Wyatt Joshua, even though it's not like a proper world title cup fight, but they're in London in that kind of arena. It's a buzzing atmosphere. The O2 is amazing. Yeah. And especially that kind of thing. But is it Hellenius now? So, so I've not caught up fully, but Hellenius has replaced white it's exactly the same undercard still going ahead and that's been announced and eddie hearns currently have an argument with simon jordan on talksport <laughs> yeah that's exactly yeah. what's happening right yeah, exactly and listen okay. i think there's two ways to look at this let's let's go positive first and foremost yep four days to go until a massive show at the o2 it's got a bunch of heavyweights on there yep. you've got guys on there which matchroom are trying to build like hergovic to one yep. day challenge for world titles You've got Chisora on there against Gerald Washington in a fight that two guys who are over the hill. You could say it's evenly matched because they're both, you know, on their way out of the it's game. It's quite a fun undercard, isn't it? Johnny Fisher's on. Yeah. He's sort of he's got a big follow. It so it's like it's. Oh, when I was looking, at it, I was like, there's no like elite fights on the undercard as such. Hergovic probably could be if he keeps going ahead. But it was like, oh, that's a fun one to watch. Load of big heavyweights, and then Joshua White, which should be a good British dust up as it were um yeah. but yeah but it's a bit disappointing about the headline but it's still a, a fairly decent undercard it's not pay-per-view is it now well that's it that's the difference so eddie's yeah. now come out matchroom have come out and disowned he said listen it is no longer a pay-per-view it's part of your subscription and that for, that is the ultimate positive as far as i'm concerned that's the thing mm. oh okay fair enough okay you've read the room fair <laughs> yeah. enough obviously i'd be disappointed if i bought a ticket because i'm a bit like i get why uh, AJ was fighting uh, White again at this stage because AJ is still in rehabilitation mode. Dillian yep. White's one no, one more loss away from probably jacking in anyway. So there's an awful lot of jeopardy there. We know yep. there's a lot of talk about Deontay Wilder being yep. waiting in the wings. That's a fight White cha fight White has chased forever. That's a fight that and White, AJ and White might have got into his head. This the press conferences this week were well exciting because Correct. that would make or break the pay-per-view because if White starts to annoy AJ and he snaps back, that's everywhere, isn't it? All over the internet, you know, that yep. kind of stuff. Exactly. So it sells. And, and obviously now they've had to 
completely re- now, listen there were people out there going wait a minute Hergovic is on the undercard why didn't Hergovic take it yeah. that all sounds good and well but with four days notice if you're Hergovic would you risk your unbeaten record your 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 building towards a world title fight are you going to jump in and take on AJ at four days notice maybe listen there's an argument to say absolutely he beats AJ he probably fights Wilder but Hergovic isn't has never been in a rush he's not in a no. rush right now and I, I understand. And also, look at the. And the way. money Hergovic would have wanted, it meant it would have probably had to stay on pay per view. I think Andy Lewis also yeah. was like, "Yeah, I'll get paid." Oh, fuck that again. I was there. I was there in New York. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Leave that on a short notice. So, because listen, that's the thing. The with the um, the was it Hellenius. So, like from you, you know, you're much more versed in boxing than me. So, Hellenius. My memory of Hellenius is he got absolutely done in by Wilder, which is fair enough. He did yeah. try and fight him. He didn't sort of go in there, you know, running away from him. And then, But I remember him fighting White in Cardiff in that really long, boring 12-rounder on an AJ undercard because mm. he's a sort of semi-decent sort of like European, like knows how to box boxer, isn't he, Hellenius? And he's massive. So has he changed tact and he's been a bit more aggressive to get fights towards the end of his career or is he still going to be trying to run away, do you think? Yeah, listen, I think he's going to try and stay on the back foot and he's going to try and box and he's going to try and... But I think that'll be the perfect antidote for AJ because I think yeah. Dillian White would have flew at AJ. I think he'd at some stage, Dillian White and AJ would have dug... Well, Dillian White at least would have yeah. dug his toes into the canvas and started swinging because that's what he does and he's a limited fighter. I think Helenus has always been an upright European boxer. I remember him from the Olympics. I remember when he fought David Price as an amateur. He's been around an awful long time, Helenus. He is 39 years of age. He is at the back end of his career. He did get wiped out by Wilder, and he's had only one fight since, which mm. was earlier this year, a, a little eight-round knockover, a fight that he won inside three rounds. Obviously, people are going to go, oh, wait a minute, this guy got knocked out by Gerald Washington, and Washington's fighting Chisora yeah. in the battle of the washed-out fighters on this <laughs> card as well. <laughs> kind of get it. Like I, I get all these narratives and understand why fight fans. Do you are not obsessed. get scared in case you see Chisora on Fight Week when you like throw away flippant comments like that? Like, you know, well, with all not, due respect, because he's terrifying, and I've not said yeah, but, anything bad about him before. But what, as a j- boxing journalist, don't you just shit yourself? Like, has anyone ever is, put it on you for that? Well, people have done absolutely in the past, hundred <laughs> percent. But you're quite but a big lump, though. To be fair, so it does exactly. Help. I think if you can just say, listen. <laughs> If I can talk Del Boy round and go Del, but come on, man, you're not the same guy that did this and did it. massage yeah. the old ego. Yeah, I yeah. think Del Boy knows he's washed up now. I think Washington, yeah. you know, you can see it. The guy just gets knocked out for fun. At least it's not one of them. That's kind of my mentality at the moment. At least it's yeah. not one of them. That, but then I, when I, I, think I, about I wouldn't them, go to the arena if it was Chisora. I, I'd refuse to go. I couldn't watch it. I'd, it, I couldn't watch Fury Chisora because yeah. it made me feel upset just watching someone get battered. Like, you know what I, I mean? It's not. CTE. That's what Chisori is. He's yeah. a poster boy for CTE. And that would have been a massive mistake. And I'm glad Eddie read the room. I'm glad yeah. he read the room about Gerald Washington. I don't know whether Hellenius is a big step forward, but as you say, he's a big, long lump. And yeah. okay, power-wise, Wilder's on a completely different level. But height-wise, range-wise, I kind of understand why they're thinking this. Now, if this is the penultimate fight before he fights Deontay Wilder, I fear for AJ. But then yeah. I feared for AJ, no matter who he faces next going nah. against Deontay Wilder. And Even if he beat Hergovic, you'd be like, oh, I'm still not sure. You know what I mean? But I, I, from the, you know, promote from a promoter's point of view, like, is 
it's, it's not their fault that someone's failed a drug test, right? They're all signed up to VADA. That's the point in it. And they yeah. failed. So they've got a few days to go. They've got, from their point of view, they've not made it pay-per-view. So everyone can watch it. They've got a big bloke who's coming off a win, but, uh, but and he knows how to box. He's not completely washed up like the people you were talking about earlier. And from their point of view, if AJ absolutely batters him and knocks him out in a round, he goes into the world of fight and goes, you knocked him out in a round, I knocked him out in a round, let's have it. So there is an opportunity here for a destructive finish that can pump everyone up for the big Wilder fight. I still, you know, I think Wilder's the favourite in that fight, but it does sort of pump it up for, um, for, for for December, which is not what we want. We wanted a proper fight with Dylan White, but we're not having to pay for it on pay-per-view. So it's not, you know, so that's a decent Saturday night card on the zone, having Joshua, Chisora and all these other, Hergovic. I think it's a decent, you know, you can't really argue now. Do you think we get a bit harsh on AJ because we, he has been on this pedestal and this is the British mentality. This is what we do. We build our champions yeah. up and when they get there, we, we we as a nation, certainly the media, can't wait to knock them down. And he's suffered from that potentially more than most. But he has lost yeah. two of his last yeah. three fights comprehensively as well. And he's fighting yeah. someone in the Hellenius who is a perennial contender. He's been, you know, he's been up and about the rankings for a long time. He's got bags of experience. It is late notice. It's like, I get it. I, I get why people are upset, but I also get where AJ is right now. He didn't look right. To, he certainly didn't look right against Usyk. He certainly no. didn't look right against Jermaine Franklin, who he should have blown away. He ended up going to full 12 rounds. Put yourself in the mind of the AJ business. If you're in the AJ business, why would you want to risk a, a yeah. Zhang or a Hergovic? And, and, and the money he's going to get for the world of fight, you know, like that you can say, do this, do that. And it's so easy to say that. But if you're, you're, if you're a prize fighter, and say there's 60 million waiting for you. And like just in any job, say you're doing this podcast, right? And you're, you're at the end of say, if you've got to do two more podcasts this year, right? One at the end of the year for 10 million pound, but for 1 million pound, you can do one next week, but you can't say these 10 to 15 words, right? Cause if you do, then yeah. you can't have that fight. You're like, Oh, is it worth doing the podcast? If I just slip up and say that word, like I, I think I might be able to get through that without slipping up, but I, it could, you know, you never know. And it's that risk. You would, anyone in normal drug, go, no, fuck that. Just get the, just get the 10 million at the end of the year. You know, and no one yeah. would judge you in any other job, but because it's boxing and I'd, in AJ's defense is, I, I, you know, I, I think Fury is, is the better fighter and, and would beat him. And AJ's done amazing things in boxing. He's never himself said that I'm the best, the number one. He's not really a smack talker. He's not wandered around yeah. going, I'm the best of my generation. I'm better than Ali. I'm the stuff Fury says, right? And Fury does back it up. So you can say it. AJ's never really said that. He's been pushed by Sky and Matram to be that. But that's because what that's their job. He's never mm -hmm. said that himself. He's got into situations where he's lost and he's come back and mentally maybe he's not super sound or he's not as confident in himself or he's lost a bit of the eye of the tiger. But, you know, that, that happens at points, but he's never said that he's the, the main man. And I think because he's had all this push, he does sort of get unfairly criticised. But I think the problem is he's never really opened up to the British public. And if you want to be accepted and loved by the British public, the key thing is honesty. And even if yeah. you are a bit odd or a bit off, if there's a reason for it, people can understand you and where you're coming from and sort of, you know, connect with you. That's why Fury, you know, he was saying terrible things. Then he, you know, and in interviews, and then it came out that he was having his problems with addiction and mental health problems. And he came back and he, everyone loved him considering some of the stuff he'd done wasn't really appropriate, but you understood why it happened yeah. and it made you fall in love with him. That loves waned because he's talk, talking nonsense as it were, but 
my, the thing with AJ is, and I've worked with AJ, I've interviewed AJ, I've been around AJ and all that business and I've been at press conferences. He's so guarded, which I get, mm-hmm. you're, super, you're a superstar, you're super famous, but I sort of feel like you've got to give a bit of yourself if you want to fully connect with the British public. And he, I don't feel like he's ever really let everyone know who he is. And I think he doesn't really know who he is. He's this no. kid from an estate that was getting in trouble and then he joins the British Olympic team. But essentially, he's a child star, isn't he? He went to the British um, boxing team and was looked after. They supported him. Then he moved up. And, you know, he's never really sort of lived in the real world. He was in a camp in Sheffield after getting in trouble. Then he became a superstar of early doors, won the Olympics. And from then, he's been in training camps. And he's never really lived in the real world. So I don't know if he really knows who he is because he's not that kid from the estate anymore. And he's this sort of superstar, but also he's a normal bloke from Watford. I think he's yeah, a bit yeah. conflicted. So it's hard to connect with the British public if you're not sure what or who you are either, because he's still young. He's 35. Most people don't work out who they are till they're 40 anyway, even in normal jobs. But you haven't got the spotlight on you. So I think it's a bit of a, I understand why the British public don't connect, but also feel a bit sorry for him as well. Because, you know, you've got under 200 million and you've never really lived in the real world. You've just been this boxer. It's, it must be a complete head fuck. Weirdly as well, if listen, if he retire, obviously I think I, I agree with you. I think right now for me, Fury's the best heavyweight on the planet. So even though Alexander Usyk is one of the best pound for pound fighters on mm. the planet, but if they both retired today, let's think, look at the two Brits for instance. They both retired yeah. today. AJ's got by far better resume. Yeah. Okay, I'd say the signature wins are probably bigger. The signature win against uh, Deontay Wilder, the signature win against Klitschko. For me, those performances and those victories are bigger than AJ's biggest win, which, of course, was Klitschko yeah. in the aftermath of after Fury beat him, of course, in Germany. But when you look at a body of work, when you judge him on his entire career, AJ's fought well more top-ranked opponents. Yeah. Well more. And don't get me wrong, we criticise Fury as, we, as much as we criticise AJ, and, and rightfully so, because the heavyweight division has this habit of you know, kicking itself in the nuts at every opportunity. But here's an honest question. Right now, we've got AJ and Fury with scheduled fights, albeit a last-minute replacement for AJ, rather than fighting each other, which the fight we've been talking about forever and a day, and we're all yeah. bored of talking about it now. And I'm at the point now I don't think we'll ever even see it. Yeah. But AJ's about to fight Robert Hellenius. And Fury is about to fight Francis Ngannou. Fury is the undefeated, reigning, his words, lineal heavyweight champion of the world, the number one guy, the best heavyweight on the planet today. It's hard to argue is not Tyson Fury. He's about to fight an MMA fighter who's never had a single boxer match in his life. And AJ's taken on Robert Hellenius, perennial contender, former Olympian, very decorated throughout his career. Here's an honest question. Look at it the other way. If Hellenius was fighting Francis Ngannou in a 12-round boxer match, who would win? I don't think the British public. <laughs> It'd be a terrible <laughs> yeah, fight. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I think Hellenius goes on the back foot and just box him and, and get a run and just basically run away from his big right hand and it will beat him in a sort of a boring points decision without yeah. taking any risk. And yeah, I mean, the, the, the Ngannou-Fury fight, He's a fun fight I'd, I'd want to watch when Fury's fought Joshua and Usyk five years' time. That I'm up for that. He's earned his money. He's proved his point. Go and do that. The, the frustrating thing is, like, with the McGregor-Mayweather thing, it was like, it's a mad event. Let's see what happens. And with, But with the Fury one, they're, like, they're, not, they're not denying that it, 
it's a non-competitive boxing match, but they're not denying yeah. it. They're, they're sort of going, oh, it's a great event. It's kicking off the Riddiad Sea. Who gives a shit? Frank Moran keeps going on about it. It's kicking off the Riddia. What's it called? The Riddia Festival. festival oh, I've it. never fucking heard of it. Who gives a shit? It's not, they're not, he's not close. It's not Glastonbury. Yeah. <laughs> Since when has Frank Warren given a fuck about the Riddiad Festival, whatever it is, until all this fights? And he keeps going, it's a big event. It's a big event. Yeah, it is a big event, but it's not, it's not boxing. So I think Hellenius would beat Nganu. And I think at the moment, Fury and Joshua are both, you know, will both go down as great British heavyweights. Unbelievable what they've done. When it all settles down and we realise, you know, what they've done has been incredible. But I don't think either of them come close to Lennox Lewis's career when you, oh. when all said and done. It's, it's just nowhere near. Like, But if Fury beats Joshua and Usyk, then it, you, you can sort of start of a conversation. But at the moment, they've, they've, you know, they've got great careers and have loads of money. Um, but it's up to them what if what they care about is legacy or not. And I don't even criticise them for, for not. If you can earn double your money and have easy fights, is that a sensible way to live your life? If you've got kids and that's what you care about. You know what I mean? I'm not, it's, it's very easy to sit here and go, oh, they should do this for their legacy. But oh, end of the day, my legacy would be retiring with double my money and a happy, healthy mind mm -hmm. than potentially maybe earning a little bit less money and having, you know, brain trouble when I've got the grandkids when I'm old. So it's like, you've got to look at it from both sides. But yeah, I think Nganu Fury, I'm not that interested. If it was on at 4am, I wouldn't get up for it. I'll watch it if it's on UK time, normal, you know. Yeah. But I think, you know, I do think Joshua does get unfairly sort of criticised a little bit. Um, but, um, but I don't think he does himself any favours by being a bit sort of aloof. You know what I mean? I think they're both, as you say, they're both opposite ends of the spectrum in that re regard. AJ doesn't say enough, and Fury says too much because he, he never shuts yeah. his mouth, and and he and he says things and he and he oh, writes checks on his mouth. I'll do it for free yeah. and all that. Oh, man, but I do think sometimes they say they say like, "Oh, AJ is so famous he can't walk down the street," and I'm sort of like, "Yeah, he is a big star, but there are bigger stars in this country that walk down the street." Yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean, Ant and Deck go down the local shops. They're bigger than AJ. <laughs> they are, aren't they? If you're talking about getting mobbed in the street, Ant and Deck, they're getting, they'll walk down the shops in Richmond or wherever it is they live and get on with it. You know, I've got, I, I know a few people that are super famous. You can still live a normal life. Fury, as famous, if, if not more famous and recognisable as AJ, he's still mm. out in Morecambe walking down the seafront. You know what yeah, I mean? You can do it. Mobbed. You just choose not to. But also... If you are famous, after a while, if you go to the same place a lot, no one cares. It yeah, don't yeah. matter. It don't matter how famous you are. If you go down to the same pub, the same shop, the same place to get your car tires done, after the first two weeks of people going, oh my god, it's that bloke. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm as well known as AJ, but I've got mates that are. After one month of doing that, nobody gives a shit. You're just a bloke who lives at the end of the road that does a bit of boxing. Yeah, absolutely, of course. Uh, let's have a look at it from the other way then, because yeah. <clears throat> Dillian White, this is the third time now in his career where he's popped hot. And, it, you know, and obviously the excuses are coming out already. It's pulsing, it's this, it's that. It's because it's already in a system, it's this. Listen, he's chose to do VADA testing. Yeah. He signed up to do VADA testing. The VADA testing has reported a negative finding. Doesn't matter what degree, what spectrum, so, as far negative as I'm or concerned. positive. A positive, sorry, a positive yeah. finding, and that's the third time in his career. You know, it's, at, at what stage do we just go? You know, come on. Yeah, now, Povetkin's done a, a couple of times as well, two, maybe even three times. You know, and he's not the only one. It, it happens. You know, but 
unfortunately it happens in this sport and there's that many loopholes, that many ways to guard of it. And at some point, we'll I come see, well, I see conversation, to, but yeah, I see him struggling times. to get back into it. I see him struggling to get back into it now though, because you know, who's going to want to, pay him to be on a card a bit like you know what, what happened with baby miller and stuff like that and he's older now and and the kind of money that he's going to want but so from a you know you're inside the industry i'm just a fan i, I mean i'm talking shit i don't know what i'm talking about i'm not a box i've never really boxed i don't know much about boxing apart from being a fan of it so if you you've done three times so say forget why but say if you are a athlete that is cheating right why would you sign up for vada then you know what I mean? And, and if you are son of Avada and you are cheating and you want to cheat and you're actively cheating, are, is there ways to cheat and be on Vada and get around it? If one were to, I'm not saying this is what, what, what White's done, but if an individual wanted to cheat and do Vada, so it looks like they're clean. What, how do you get around it then without getting caught? What, 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 what are people doing? Or, or do you know? I mean, I don't know if you know or not. Yeah, but. I think, I think it's, 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 a gen, it's a general professional sports question and it's across all sports. And this is a issue that, Varda and all the other testing agencies have is that they're restricted to the amount of funding they have and they yeah. can only test for things that they're aware of. Now, right. with the tens of millions and hundreds of millions of dollars <clears throat> in professional live sports, there's always someone that's going to be ahead of the curve. There's always someone that's inventing something right. new, whether it's testosterone replacement therapy or whether it's HGH or whether it's the next, there's always the next new thing, <clears throat> excuse me, coming around they the corner. Like, and it was blood transfusions, wasn't it? They were exactly. doing basically. And it's yeah. like, they didn't know to test for that. They didn't even know that was the thing yeah. until there was a whistleblower from Lance Armstrong's team. <clears throat> who said, this is what we're doing, this is how it works, and all oh, right, okay, let's start looking into that, and he start testing for that. So there's always something new, and there's always going to be questions raised when you've failed multiple times, when you have training camps away from the UK, which suggests yeah. that you're away from UCAD testing It's harder to get to. It's difficult to get hold of you. This is a conversation that happens a lot about fighters being based over in Brazil as well. What's the testing procedure like over in Brazil? Is it the actual athlete being tested? Is it somebody else out the gym? Or they send a local to do the testing kind of stuff. Rather than flying out someone from the UK, you'll get a local nurse or... Exactly. I've heard so many stories about testers going into gyms in Brazil and going, I need you to do a a wee sample and the fighter going, you just do it and I'll sign a glove for you and nonsense like that going on. Right, okay. You really just don't know what it's like in different territories. And could you be on like you know on stuff for six months no fight in the diary and then you sign a fight and then you give yourself time for that to get out your system and then you start 100%. training that, that's sort of yeah of 100 right, okay and, and so and he's been done pre- process and that's why there's always conversations about canelo canelo always fights the same time yeah. he always did may and september oh cinco de mayo it's for these national for these holidays right but it also gives them a set time to be like well you're no good testing me then i'm not in camp and then you come back into the camp. And, and again, Canelo, there's another person that's failed a test. Because well, even Fury failed for something, but then he got overturned back in the day. Is that well, correct? This is, the, this is the problem. When you look at the top of the sport, and we'll talk about Oscar Valdez, who fights this weekend. That's one thing to get excited about this weekend. Valdez versus Navarrete. But, you know, Tyson's failed. Canelo's failed. Conor Ben has failed. Tyson failed. The excuse was contaminated wild boar meat. Then Canelo fails. The excuse was contaminated beef in Mexico. Right. Conor Ben fails. Now we're kind of being pushed towards eggs. it was something in the eggs, something that he flatly right. denied early on, but now right. seems to be the excuse. The issue, there's always an excuse, and it's always there's always a loophole, and that's the problem with boxing, and that's because UCAD and VADA 
They're just testing agencies employed by either governing bodies in Varda's taste with the WBC, for instance. So you yeah. have to pay them to come in and test, or UCAD, who are basically put into that position by the British Boxing Board of Control. But UCAD are restricted on what they can do and how they can hand out penalties. And th that's obviously something we'll talk about with the Conor Ben situation right now. But surely universally there should just be a... Listen, we know there's loopholes. We know there's... You are strict liability. You're responsible for what goes into your body, whether it's contaminated meat, contaminated yeah. eggs, a contaminated supplements, whatever it may be. You're responsible for what goes into your system. Fail once, mate, fool on you. Fail twice, fool me. Fail three times, it's like, come on, man, Jesus Christ. If you've already yeah. failed twice and you're at this stage of your career, you're about to fight AJ, it's probably your last big yeah. payday unless you pull off a shock, then you make sure you're like, I've seen Tyson Fury, for instance, and again, Tyson has failed. Tyson Fury, post-fight after Wilder, anyone got a bottle of water? Andy Lee passed him a bottle of water and he went, Andy Lee was in the corner Give him a bottle of water instinctively. And Tyson, before he even taking the top off, went, is this our water? Where's this from? And he yeah, went, oh, it's just here. Yeah. And he went, no, no, no. Get me the case that we bought in. And I'm like, because he's that thinking about, I can't take anything yeah. contaminated. And so for Dillian to pop again, now you think, come on, man. Jesus yeah, Christ. His first one was like a supplement in a drink when it was like when you're new and, and you don't, you know, you're, just, you're not really on it. But um, like on top of what you should or shouldn't have in your system. Do, do we know what, what, why got done for or what his excuse was because i just saw that one saying he's going to clear his name and it's all nonsense but i don't know if there's been anything new about that or not nothing nothing in the aftermath they're obviously investigating it now dillian's yeah. dillian's reaction initially was oh wait a minute i haven't had a chance to defend myself because if yeah. you remember the second time he popped he popped that was asked, he got 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 the results yeah oscar rivas they went ahead with the fight and it was after the fight they went oh by the way we had a he had a positive test three days before the fight, but we had a meeting with the board and we sorted it out. And Oscar Rivas's team were like, "What? Oh, yeah, you for you put you pop for what? We didn't know fuck all it's about meant, this. It's meant. Uh, do you know what though? It's part of the reason why I love boxing, not the drug <laughs> cheating, but it's just so mental. It's so like it's the only sport now, really, in the world where like they are like cowboys essentially. Yeah, the they just West. ride into town and go, I'm taking over. And they come from nowhere. You need nothing apart from hard work, dedicate. You know, the, 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 there's no. That's why I, I love the sport so much. Is that anyone can do it, and it's an, a way out for a lot of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think it's that thing where it's just like, you're just totally like on their own, doing their own thing. And there's no, there's no one else. They have their team, but it's essentially just one person in a ring. And you do get these sort of mad personalities and they're not got a football club doing media training on them and telling them what to do and what to say, stuff like that. But the, the problem with that is it's so deregulized and so wild that anyone can sort of do anything, which is sort of what makes you love and hate it at the same time, you know? Yeah, Listen, I've thought about it so many times to be like, if we had a global governing body, if we had one organization that set the rules and regulations yeah. on a global scale, would it make the sport better? You know, and there's an argument that one promoter who had all the boxes, kind of like the UFC, yeah. would make would mean we get the bigger fights more often. But then the problem over there is, is that are they getting paid the fair amounts? The beauty of having multiple promoters on multiple platforms mean that the highest bidder can bid yeah. for certain fighters and they can go, you know what, I'm leaving my contract here because he's going to pay me so much more. And, and and so that's a positive. 
But then you also think, yeah, a global government body, that'd be great because you could universalize the, the testing system. You could universalize the punishments for positive tests. Yeah. Everyone's singing from the same song sheets. That would be fantastic. But then you look at football and you go, the last thing boxing needs is a FIFA. Yeah, you know what I mean? well, exactly. Well, those are the people that go, oh, we need one organisation in charge of boxing. The same people on Twitter going, the government are trying to control us. They've got too much power. But you're like, well, that's the nature of it. The, the boxers do have the freedom to do what they want to do. But then they do in UFC to extent. They get to a point where you can be in Garnu and McGregor and then go off on your own and do these sort of mad pay-per-view events. But yeah, I mean, it, it, I, if there was a UFC for boxing, and it's, it would be the biggest sport in the world, I think, easily, because you'd have e every week would be an absolute barn burner with the best, you know. You, you would have, we would have done Crawford Spence two or three times about four years ago, you know, and then yeah. move on to other things. But, yeah, it's, it's a shame. It's a mess. But I was, looking, I was really looking forward to it because it was such a fun fight, the first one, White, Joshua, and it's sort of a crossroads fight. But, you know, I, I think it's going to be fine, but... In in the in the fallout of of the white fight getting pulled as well within within hours of them finding out it seemingly on Saturday, um, there's been conflicting conversation as well about Eddie's actions. Obviously, um, yes. The first question was, wait a minute, fucking hell. Eddie told us when Conor Ben popped out that it all came to light when the Daily Mail broke the story when the Eubank fight hit the ropes, and he was like, no, no, no. And then Eddie was adamant, and he was like, listen contractually i can't pull this fight i'm not i've got no power as a promoter i've got to adhere to the contract doesn't matter if he's popped hot i've still got to do the fight and he was kind of like i can't pull it so it's up to the board if they want to pull yeah. it and board were like yeah pull it and he was like yeah well you can't really pull it so we'll just crack on with the fight and that lasted what 36 hours before he woke up and saw sense and yeah. pulled it thank god and we didn't get and the fight didn't happen this time around seemingly within hours, seemingly according to Dillian White, without even informing Dillian, they've gone, <laughs> right, we're pulling it. We're pulling this fight completely. So suddenly, and it's the exact same thing, a, a, a positive test from Varda, and this time, Eddie and Matrium's reaction was, right, we're scrapping the fight. We're pulling that fight completely. We'll try and get a replacement opponent. And obviously, that's drawn criticism straight away, where people are like, oh, wait a minute, fucking hell, you've changed yeah. your tune. Legally, yeah. you couldn't do it last year. Now you can. But another way to spin that, Rob, is at least he fucking learned. At least, yeah. you know what I mean? You can't criticise someone for doing something and then... They they change their it's like it's like cheating on a partner and they and and that you have a big row about it and then you go out and then you you you're faithful and they go what are you doing you've changed your tune yeah. you're not cheating on me yeah. enough I go, hang on <laughs> yeah, exactly the what are you talking about spot here? yeah well yeah I mean because yeah, I think he said he was he couldn't something like he couldn't pull it because of his contract but a new bank still wanted to fight so the implication is that AJ didn't want to fight why or maybe he but he feel, I feel like AJ still would have fought him. I, I, yeah. what, say what you want about AJ. He doesn't really swerve fights. No. I don't think, anyway. There's a lot of like, duck this, duck that. But, you know, there's always two sides of the story. But, um, yeah, no, I think if you've if Simon Jordan and people like that have criticised them for going ahead with it, the fact that they instantly cancelled it and got a replacement in straight away, you can't really argue with that. And it's off pay-per-view. The, the only other thing you could complain is people have bought tickets at a premium to see White Joshua. And they're not getting that event. They're getting Joshua Hellenius, where it's still the same price for that ticket. You know, there's not going to do a partial refund. So, um, but I think, yeah, they've replaced the fighter and they've, they've stopped that, you know, drug test fight happening. So you can't really moan them too much. And I, I do feel sorry for promoters because every single thing they do is scrutinised. The boxing is so weird because what is sort of like a blokey, 
alpha male old man geezer sport in boxing. The amount of sort of YouTube channels and podcasts and interviews. Eddie Earn and Frank Warren and Ben Stomp, they're not getting interviewed 10 times a day by 10 different people. So everything they get asked about, and you know what, you know what, everyone, no one's whiter than white. Everyone puts a little bit of swaz on what they say or a little white lie here and there about everything in life. You know what I mean? So imagine if every single thing, every conversation about your working day was, maybe you just worked in an office and every single thing of, you actually said that Jane did use the fax machine last week and then they show you a video and you go, fucking hell, this is insane. How is anyone meant to just keep a party line forever? Because this is going back like 10, they'll show Eddie Earn a clip from nine years ago and they'll be like, you know, you said that then here. But you also go, yeah, but his head was further, his hair was further back then as well in that video. You're not asking about that, are you? <laughs> his words have changed and his airline. It must be, it, you're right. I've He's never been, thought of it like that. But it must be fucking mental. And it, listen, it would never happen in a sport like football, for instance, because, of yeah. course, the money and the media attention is already there. It's already guaranteed. So yeah. they don't need to do that many interviews. Jürgen Klopp doesn't do 50 interviews. He has one press conference. He asks, he answers half a dozen questions. He still he manages to, to have a row, though, doesn't he, Klopp? Like, well, yeah, he does, <laughs> yeah. obviously. But listen, after the way Liverpool played last season, absolutely. Yeah. And listen, your boy's in the same boat, because I know how optimistic you are about this season. And you've just beat City in a charity shield, and you're probably thinking you know what this is no, our time baby no way but we I did that last season again. remember yeah. and we had a fucking terrible season following so oh god no don't that, get your hopes that, up that last minute goal was disgusting with it even as an arsenal fan i was like oh not like that that is that's disgusting <laughs> that is filth exactly <laughs> anyway um oh but uh, yeah so I've, I've, i don't know what the upshot with, with jordan and Hearn, but i don't know I've, I've not seen that we've got I'm, I'm here with you so i missed that i was talking to yeah. I, was, I, I came straight off a podcast talking to joel domit about his baby arriving so i uh, missed this <laughs> a normal morning <laughs> <laughs> well i've well, got an eye on the talk sport twitter feed yeah exactly what's going on. let's uh let's caveat over then to another subject they were talking mm. about of course and that's the connor ben situation uh, yes. Listen, everyone's fully aware of what went on last year. We touched on it early on the show. Uh, in the last week, Conor Ben has come out and said, that's it now. I'm cleared to fight in the UK. My suspension by UCAD is over and we're cracking on. And there's obviously that is not necessarily the case because to crack on, to fight in the UK, which is what he's adamant he's going to do, uh, he needs to have a British Boxing Board of Control licence or a license from out of town, but then even if you're licensed, like Tyson Fury is, for instance, licensed by Nevada State Athletic Commission, you need to have permission from the British Boxing yeah. Board of Control to compete in the UK, certainly to take on British fighters like Dillian White. So even though I'm sure Conor Brent could get a license with any Abu Dhabi state, Nevada, probably New York, he he wants, or at least Eddie Aim wants him to get a British Boxing Board of Control license, which I respect. But to do that, he's got to apply for the license, the license that he initially threw in the bin when he tested positive. And he was like, nah, fuck it, man. I'm not interested. Yeah. You can't penalize me. So that is a big hurdle they've got to overcome yet. But there's obviously a lot of talk about him. So I, I back thought his, his license just ha had accidentally not been renewed. Correct. So he never had which to happens bin a it. lot. Yeah, it happens. It's, sort of, it's like your TV license. If you move out, you forget to re redo it. So he, he never officially sort of binned it off, which sort of helped him out a bit. He just hadn't renewed it and they wouldn't allow it to be renewed because of the case. I mean, Correct. look, I, I, 
get a bit obsessed with, I, I listen to you guys every week. I watch a lot of the boxing social IFL interviews and stuff like that about when there's a contentious issue or something going on. And I, I, and I've classed myself as a fairly intelligent person. I've, I'm really struggled to get my head around it about that. You know, it got, he failed it and then there was a, a thing about eggs and he got cleared, but then someone else still wasn't happy. But then there was a UCAD thing that the British Border Boxing Control have to listen to because they don't listen to VADA, they don't listen to UCAD. And then they said, actually, it was all right for him to fight, and but they've got 21 days to appeal it. So it's sort of like, whether or whether or not you can argue a way out of it, what the whole system's not fit for purpose because he's right. either... He's either, he's either failed the test and shouldn't be allowed to fight or either the test wasn't done correctly. So w whatever the outcome is, the process needs to change because either the test wasn't correct and he's innocent or the test was correct, but he's argued his way out of it. So either way, the test needs to be corrected, if that's the case, because he failed it and he shouldn't have failed it. Or if the test is fine, then what happens once there's a, negative, a positive test result? That system needs to change because someone's managed to wriggle out of it. So either way you look at it, whether he's he's been doing it or not, the system is completely not fit for purpose because either the test was wrong or the post-fail admin is wrong. Because yeah. at the moment, as a boxing fan, I don't know really, truly whether to think Conor Ben's fine, okay to fight, or Conor Ben has got away with this and he shouldn't fight. Because... The, the way society works is there's a structure in place like the judicial system someone's either guilty or not sometimes there's miscarriage of justice but ultimately i have, have to have faith in the crown prosecution service the jury and they will return a verdict and we all have to respect that verdict or otherwise there's anarchy so yeah. if the verdict is he's okay to fight and that's come from the uk anti-doping who are we to say he shouldn't then because it, it's Oh, you know, I, I, well, I don't understand it. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So it's just a mess, a complete mess. And it's either terrible because someone's fighting and they shouldn't, but it's either terrible because someone's fighting and they've not been able to fight for 18 months because the system's flawed. So either way, no one's got 100% resolution on whether or not they should not fight or fight. And it's so, and as a fan, because that's all I am, I shouldn't have anything to do with it or have any big, it's like, well, I don't under, I'm, I'm conflicted now about what's yeah. going on. And it doesn't seem like off the, the upshot of this is, is there any form of reform for the system? Cause either way it needs to be reformed, either the way the test is done or the process after legally. And it's a mess. And it feels like all that's going to happen is Conor Ben will carry on fighting and the test procedure will not change. And, and it's like having a, it's like having your house flooded and then you get loads of towels out and dry it up. And then you just go, oh, I'll just keep having baths and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> and it floods yeah. again. And, now, and then no one goes, should we check the pipes? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's um, as a fan, I've got no idea what's what's gone on, really. The Obviously, people in the industry may have a better understanding of it. But for me, I've got I've got a clue. The Because um, don't forget, he's never failed a UK UCAD test. He failed yeah, well that, two yeah. VADA tests, never failed a UCAD test. So UCAD are associated with the British Boxing Board of Control, and they tell them if someone needs suspension, they advise them, and they offer that suspension. He failed the two VADA tests, which was part of his WBC boxing, clean boxing program. To be ranked by WBC, you have yeah. to sign up for and pay for VADA testing. He failed two of them. 
Connor immediately went, nah, man, that's fucked up. I've done nothing wrong, something wrong with the testing process. WBC spoke to WADA, long story short, they come back and went, yeah, we spoke to WADA, what it is, you've been eating too many eggs, you're fine, yeah. it's okay, it's all it's all sorted. And then Connor went, I haven't been eating eggs, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The system's broke. So we were like, what do you do now? So because it, can't... that implies, though, that he whether he, is, he genuinely believes he's innocent, and he may very well be, or may not, but if you are if you are guilty of it, and then someone goes, yeah, yeah, too many eggs. Most people go, yeah, yeah, yeah the eggs sorted, yeah. quality, fucking hell, got away with that. Let's crack on, you know. And, but he didn't do he that either. This... So exactly. it's so confusing because if there was a get out, he gave he gave up the get out. So he sort yeah. of like triple bluffed every. I don't, you know, it, and you know, I've 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 uh, I've met Connor before. I bumped into him actually at an airport in um come back from Dubai. You look in his eyes. He is innocent. He is in. Correct. He is innocent. He, there is not even a, a little cheeky wink and a. He is um and I've you know passionate intensity. Whether and you know I don't know him that well, so it's it's just a mad situation where even at one point he was given that oh yeah it's eggs and he he could run with that and that be his thing and you just get a bit of egg banter for a bit. He went no it's not that I want to clear my name fully. So it's like the whole system's wrong essentially because yeah. no one's coming out of it looking like they're right or wrong. So because well, I don't know if that's a bad take. I mean, you know, it's just, no, no, because it's just overly tests, complicated. The UCAD then went, well, listen, we're going to investigate that because... So did they have need... tests? Had he been doing tests for UCAD? He, he passed his UCAD tests in between the, the, the same, failed yeah. part of the tests. Right. So UCAD went, listen, we're going to investigate that because, like, if you fail tests yes. with VADA, we adhere to VADA as well, so we're going to investigate. So they suspended him to investigate, and the board were like, yeah, well, he's getting he's getting investigated. Now you kind of gone right. Well, the suspension's over. We finished our investigations. They have got twenty one days to appeal because there's a government body that monitors UCAD and their investigation. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then <laughs> yeah, the Bishops and Border Control are like, he isn't free to fight yet. He hasn't applied for a license. And I'm like, wait a minute. It does. So then they could refuse his oh. license, even though he's been cleared by essentially Varda and UCAD. But basically, as Eddie Hearn said a couple an hour ago, or whatever on Talk Sport, good luck with that. Yeah, because they've got they've got no. Yeah, because yeah. if the two people have said, "Oh, actually, the test was wrong," but what what the British Board of Control haven't really got a leg to stand on to. But it doesn't say matter no to what it. Varda say. It doesn't matter if the board right. go. Wait a minute, Varda, don't forget these failed. They tests. only listen they go, to UCAD, and UCAD, UCAD have said, "Yeah, done an investigation, said it's fine, suspension over, crack on." So yeah. I think we will see Conor Ben back in the ring this year. Listen. We, we get sometimes there's been that much chat about it, and we've obviously spoken a lot about it as well. And we I, right through, I've always said, been lucky enough to speak to Connor Ben a few times, been around him. He's a lovely kid, yeah. And he lives for this game. That doesn't mean he wouldn't take shortcuts. I think everyone's human and everybody yeah, makes decisions in their life. And from a fan's perspective, he did go from very domestic yeah, level true. from to a fucking world title contender overnight, and his body changed. But then that Huge. your body. He got you. He, he was. You should see the photos and stuff. But then your body does change when you become. Was he twenty eight? Is he twenty late twenties now? You saw. Yeah. I'm not, this has come across like I'm a sort of a Connor Ben fanboy, totally innocent. But I'm just trying to look at it from both points of view, rather yeah. than just the sort of the, the noise of it. But I, I think what it is is there's a. I think maybe for fighters and there's a sort of a difference. There's not a line in the sand between the big baby Miller, who it felt like I don't really know, but was like, well, not let's not name names because I don't want to get in trouble with anyone. But like 
that we well, fight as... He had EPO, he injected EPO in his arsehole. Exactly. That's so fucking be... what he's done. He's a cheat, yeah. you know what I mean? So there's, a... there's, people, there's people that inject into their body, like, actual stuff, and then there'll be people that are having, like, these smoothies that the nutritionist has given them, but that yeah. smoothie will have stuff in it, which, obviously, their body, they should know exactly what's going into them, but it feels like... In, in a person's mind, if you're injecting yourself with EPO, is a very different type of cheating than, oh, actually, I've had a, a, a smoothie that I didn't really realise had this certain thing in it that was, you know, I mean, I don't know, it's a completely layman's terms, but it feels like there's two camps on this. There's the people that are cheating, like old school weightlifters injecting it in the arse in the gym toilets, and then there's people that are not being on top of what nutrition they're taking or what supplements they're taking, and it's all quite a, like a subtle way of doing it, and they've been told by someone that it's fine. And then it's, like I say, such a grey area and there's so much money in it with legal and also scientists that it becomes an absolute mess. And um, yeah. either way, Conor Ben's going to be fighting. Do you think it's like that by design, though? Do you think the whole I mean, system is like that by fucking design? Well, it feels like, like too many cooks, isn't it? It's like too many... There's no one actually making proper rules and laws. It's like, you know, it's, it's just... It's like anything that's got a lot of people involved in it. It's like the, trying to, you know, trying to... Uh, what, like when was trying to get, trying to contact a council about ordering a new bin? I have to ring about eight people and send an email. I'm like, it's a fucking bin, mate. How have I email? <laughs> I've been on, I've rung, I've spoke to five humans and sent an email, and they're like, yeah, no, I can't send a bin out until the third of eight. I'm like, what is going on? Like, but anything that's like that, where there's so many levels, it just it's it just becomes impossible, and that's what it feels like with Wada Vada UCAD. And the British border control. There's too many yeah. people trying to sort out Alex Trump. But from from an outsider, from a fan's point of view, what do you do when a Conor Ben fights next? Do you make exactly? Do you, there's not enough concrete evidence or that uh, or the finality to go. I'm not going to watch that fight because these people have told me that person's a drug cheat, and I'm not going to do it because they can't. They haven't really got anything that's that concrete that you can look at and hold. When they go, no, actually, didn't, and it goes to UK. No, he didn't, and the. British rules are that he can fight if he hasn't, and you're you're holding up someone's whole life because the the system's not right. But I don't know, mate. Maybe I'm wrong, and people are just ripping off the system and all juice heads. But it, it, there's no sort of finality with it to give any fan a peace of but mind of whether is. they should for or behind. It, you know, for or against with someone. The there wasn't with the Fury. Well, look at Canelo. Then he is. had an injury, and then his his ban was during the injury when he was in rehab, yeah, and then we're all surgery, lauding yeah. him as the best of his generation. And everyone sort of forgets that happened yeah. you know yeah um absolutely. No, it's mad um there is talk of him coming back there is talk of him fighting it's looking like josh taylor josh taylor moving up to welterweight that's a weird fight as well because you know i think it's, i think it's a great pick because <laughs> josh hasn't exactly like won over loads of fans with his reaction to the catterall fight connor ben's got this drug stuff going on it's just almost like it's, it's almost like villain versus villain yeah exactly <laughs> It? it's sort of like it's hard to know who to pick there isn't it so it's sort of i think that'd be a, you know great build-up and a great fight you know um but it's sort it's tainted because you want to be really into it but then i like if you take everything away taylor and connor ben their personalities and their fighting style what a fight okay. cannot wait yes. i'm totally sign me up i want to be ringside i want to be as close to it as possible and watch it but it's just tainted by the fact that oh am i allowed to watch this because of what connor did and but I don't really know fully and all that, but mostly what will happen is it'll come to the Saturday night. I'll have four beers and I'll forget everything and enjoy a fight. <laughs> Which morally I'm yeah. bankrupt, but what do you do? I've got other stuff to worry about. 
that's fight sports, isn't it? Exactly. Well, exactly. Uh, and the good thing now thought- is, though, at least anyone getting a ring with Conor Ben or these other fighters that they've had this controversy around, at least there's sort of there's a, almost a half warning that yeah. you know you are there's a potential here that you might you know it wasn't fully resolved, but you're sort of taking your own you know it's your own decision. Unfortunately, that means that we're looking at getting Jack Cattrall versus Jorge Linares or the artist formerly Nora. I know. Known as I, th- I thought that was a, I thought I, that was like an old fight that he'd already had. Linares is like the, the old guy matching wheel out for their new guys to fight, and they they, they all go through a bit of a Linares stage. But um, it's weird. Yeah, it, it just I just feel like Linares has you know he's come what he lost three of his last four or four of his last five or whatever. He was a great fighter in his day. Don't get mm. me wrong, wonderful fighter, and I've been lucky enough to sit ringside for many of his big fights over here in the UK. But for Jack Cattrall, it's like, mate, he got robbed in Glasgow and and literally yeah, he's fell off a cliff since. And meanwhile, you know, Josh has had all the controversy yet. He had just had the Tiafimo Lopez fight. Connor Ben's never out the headlines. It's like you know sometimes. In this sport, you feel like the good guys do finish last. Well, and truly, you know what? The, the thing is, it, I, I don't even think it's a good guys. Life's all about a lot of luck, really, and you, you, a lot of it is fate, and you can't really control it. And some things you think are really bad, like you know, for Matrim and AJ and all that. Like, oh, this is terrible. White's pot, you know, he's drug tests like that. But all of a sudden, Eddie Earn and AJ have got a nice, easier fight without any of the backlash, and then they sail into a big fight with Wilder. Really, if you break that down, what a week for Matrim on paper. It's a disaster. Not really. Yeah. They've lost a little bit of pay per view revenue, but compared to what they're going to get for the Wilder fight. And uh, but this this might be a bit too deep and a bit too wanky, but with like the I feel sorry for Catterall, but the way I look at life is we're all just boat sailboats on a on an ocean, right? And we're all floating around. The only thing we're responsible for is how big our sail is, right? So if you, you know, go to work and you're hung over, you're not putting in effort, you've got a tiny little sail. However, if you're on it, you're eating well, you're going to sleep, you've got a big old sail and you're ready for the day and you can crack on. But we're not responsible for the wind when it comes. And some days there'll be a massive wind and you'll have your sail up, you're cracking life and you'll fly down. Or there might be a massive wind coming. You've got your tiny sails, you've been out on the piss, but you're just lucky in the right place at the right time. And you've had it, you've had it off and you don't even deserve it. But that's sort of life. And you just can't really beat yourself up about it. You just have to get on with your day. And hopefully, you know, the wind comes when your sails up and big and you fly off. But for Jack Catterall, he's had a massive sail. He's ready to go, but there's just been no wind for him. And it's a shame. And that's how it works. And, you know, it's, you go, oh, it's not fair on him. But Regis Progress has had a great fight and Haney's up for fighting him. Of course he's going to go that way. You know, it's disappointing yeah. for Catterall and his time in Matrim and Matrim had progress and you think, oh, I'm going to get that fight. But sometimes it, it doesn't really go your way, you know, it's, and, and that's life. But it's, uh, he seems like a good kid and I, uh, I really want to see him fight Taylor again. But I think that fight will always happen. Yeah. Even if they, oh, both, lost, if they both lost two, if they both lost two in a row, that would sell out in Glasgow and be a massive fight. They might fight three times. And actually, yeah. you know, it might, and it might end up being the best trilogy we've had for years and years because there's proper spite there. Catterall mm-hmm. does him, and then Taylor does him again, and they they go back and forth like that for a few years. It, and it might be it might be brilliant, but um, but yeah, no, we'll, I'll definitely want to see him and Taylor again. But uh, yeah, Linares, it's a it's a strange one. Is it just Linares and Liverpool. I'm like Jesus Christ. It, it, he signed with Matchroom to get Progre, and if not Progre, Catterall, and he's getting neither. Yeah. He's getting fucking Jorge Linares or Taylor. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Taylor, yeah, of course, yeah, unbelievable. Uh, this weekend there is some good boxing on. Well, yes. unfortunately, fucking hell, another drug cheat. <laughs> Oscar Valdez <laughs> taking on after this. After a while, party. you just think I'll just let them have what they want and make it like some fucking some bad film from the future. <laughs> just fucking AJ with a nine foot neck going in. Yeah, exactly. Fucking <laughs> hell. Uh, Imagine if AJ did it. How big could you get? 
Well, MMA was like that for a while before it was MMA. When when they had yeah. Pride out in Japan, and Pride literally the Bob promotion Sapp. in Japan, Bob Sapp and all that, they yeah. would literally fucking pay for the juice for them <laughs> and jack them up. And Overeem was like nineteen foot tall and shoulders out here and everything. So we have seen it before. It's listen, it's fucking bonkers, isn't it? You know, tell me Jake Paul's not on the juice. Come on, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I don't want to talk about that shite. The the fight this weekend, Emmanuel Navarrete. Can I just quickly say that I saw his documentary on Netflix and they show because it's all big build up to the Tommy Fury fight that he loses. And then they show the what's amazing, they show the fight with Tommy Fury, which was load of rubbish wouldn't it and they do yeah. it all slow-mo they slow-mo about five punches that landed on fury and then obviously he slipped didn't he tommy and it got done as a and it was like yeah. i knocked him down it was so funny how they were like yeah. trying to spin losing to tommy fury as like a great achievement but it's interesting a uh, interesting a uh, documentary anyway navarrete valdez that's this weekend yes. yeah belt of a fight multiple weight world champion navarrete two weight world champion Oscar Valdez, of course, he's still got the stink hanging over him from that failed drug test. That was for fentamine, I think it was called. If you remember, the WBC even even allowed him to go on and defend his world title at the time, even though we had a positive test. Absolute disgrace once again. The governing body is showing themselves for what they are, the 3% club. That's all they're interested in is their 3%. But as a fight, remove the fact that Valdez will forever be the perennial villain these days. He has only got one loss on his record. It was against Shakur Stevenson. I think we all agreed that the, the air incumbent of Terence Crawford on the pound yeah. for pound list. But Navarrete for me, like I've been a massive fan of Navarrete for a long time. Absolutely heavy, heavy hands. Four-weight world champion. It's We've been seen your him fighter of the year the a few years, isn't he? He was my fight of the year. I think it was 2009. <laughs> He had four or five world title fights, won them all by knockout, and they fucking still give the the Ring Magazine uh, fight of the year to 2019, Carol. surely, not 2009. He's not been world champ for 16 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 2019, yeah. He was he was the man, and I've yeah. been a massive fan for a long time. But I think this, listen, I think this is a, a gun show, of course. Two massive bangers, two huge reputations. Um, it can only deliver, surely, for top rank. When when uh when where can I see that? Is this Sky Sports top rank show? I would have or was thought, it TNT? Sorry. I think it's Sky. Well, that's a good question, actually. It's hard. It's so yeah, hard to keep it's up. Sky. I'm pretty sure it's on Sky. On Sky, and that that obviously won't be a pay per view. That would just be one of their US fight yes. night things. Do you know what I love? My it's my favorite thing in the world when there's good fights on at like four a.m. and then I say to my wife, I go, I go, tell you what, you have a line Sunday morning. I'll get up with the kids, whatever time they wake up. And then I get up and go, oh, God, can you hear them? And about half or five, I'm like, don't worry, I'll go. And then I just start watching the boxing for like two hours. And then the kids get up at like seven. I can say it's because Lou never listens. No offence, you'll never listen to this. And then <laughs> I sit and just watch UFC and boxing for like three hours and do the kids a bit of toast. Or and she's like, oh, you're all right when your yeah, kids got up at five. But never, don't worry about it. It's, I got up. I got up with them. I just hammer them. <laughs> all the boxing and UFC all morning. That's my favourite. That's my favourite oh, time of the week. I'll go back to bed now for an hour. Yeah. yeah, you're all right. It's great. You're all right. Then get now back you're... out for two o'clock for the football. <laughs> Mega. She'll never know. Um, She'll never know. It's never know. Uh, but, but it is a great fight, though. Navarrete Valdez. It is on Sky Sports. I've just checked. Who do you think wins that? Again, I'm a big Navarrete fan. I think the fact that Valdez now will has got this. Uh, cheating cloud hanging over him. I think yeah. Navarrete's got the height as well, the size difference, um, and probably got a little bit more power as well. But Valdez is quality, man. That, that one loss to Shakir Stevenson is absolutely no disgrace whatsoever when you think about where Shakir's career is heading towards. 
Yeah, I'll be 6am club watching that on Sunday. Yeah, that's a breakfast yeah. job, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before I let you go, Rob, you just mentioned yes. it then. You mentioned the fact staying off the UFC. This is a relatively new thing, man, because a few yeah. years ago, when we spoke, you were like, yeah, UFC's not my thing. I'm just a boxing guy, you know? Yeah, well, I've got, do you know what? I think, though, what's one of the, the things has been that it feels like there's less, slightly less grappling. It's sort of, you feel Dana's trying to push more upright fighting and stuff. But actually, as I've watched it, I've got more into the grappling and I've worked out when it's interesting grappling and when they are literally just holding, like trying to get yeah. through a fight. Because the crowd as well, the crowd just boo it, don't they really? Because yeah, yeah. the crowd know they're, they're so well informed. But, you know, I went to the London one, I bumped into you. We had a couple, we had a good go on that Friday night. That was, I was so pissed by the end of that night. That was so funny. Bisping's dad and Bisping's dad's mate. What a what a pair they are. <laughs> also, as well, he's out like, he's out like South London. He sounds like all my dad, my dad, and all my uncles. It was it was he's, mad. I couldn't believe Bisping's lived in the northwest for about fifty years. But yeah, still and then he went, like when did you leave South London? He's in Brixton. He was like, oh, when I was sixteen. I was like, he's about seventy. He's still got the accent. He's been a, he's been away for years. But no, that was quality. And I'm I'm looking to come out in November. For the New UFC York. in New York, that's my next little trip out because I love boxing, but it it it, it 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 makes it really hard to love it at the moment with with some of the fights. Like Craw and when you see Crawford and Spence and that, it was like, oh my god! When you get a good one, you realise what you could have every week, yeah. and it's amazing. But no, I'm, I'm really enjoying the UFC. Like every fight, it's an absolute banger. It was Abu Dhabi that made me fall in love with it. I was on holiday in Dubai. And I've, I saw it was on. It sounded like two-hour drives. So we dr drove down there, and uh, it was every fight was one after another. I'll tell you what, though, when Islam's fighting in the Middle East, that crowd is lively. I've, I've been, yeah. I've been to some lively. I used to go Millwall sometimes with my mate who's a big Millwall fan. I've been Arsenal and Palace and all that, but that was heavy. <laughs> when we got our seats, I don't know if I, to I, if I told you, we got our seats. We went and sat down and. There was like a local guy on, and there were these like I think because there was a lot of Dagestani fights on. There were like yeah. three like Dagestani guys, ripped like mohawks, massive beards, tattoos, and they were in our seats. And I was like, they were just like two dads, and I was just like, <laughs> two of my mates I was like, excuse you, they're our seats. They went no. <laughs> oh yeah, they're our seats. I showed the ticket. He went no. I'm like okay, and then we just went to the bar to just have a like a crisis meeting. I was like, I don't know what to do because I can't get them out of the seats. So we stood at the bar for about an hour watching the other fights. And then we were watching from a side. And then when the guy they wanted to watch, fit, they went off for, to the toilet. Then we snuck right. in and just sat down and didn't move. Yeah. <laughs> petrified. But, um, but yeah, no, think, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. You think Abu Dhabi it. is like the, the Dagestani, it's like their Ibiza. Yeah, you know, mate, that, I couldn't believe their, it. Like, they went mental for him. It was it, it was insane atmosphere. But no, I love it. I just I just what I love is it's fifty fifties. Even the undercards, the prelims. Like we went and watched the UFC at London, and uh, we got in there so early. But like I was in there at, like six o'clock because you because know, the fights were all so good. And you said get in for mm -hmm. these fights. Was fight, yeah. And they were all like it wasn't it wasn't the best card of all time, but. In general, all the fights are normally 50-50. We got in early. I was like, I never would be in this early for boxing. You're normally just getting absolutely tanked up till about quarter to eight, nine. And then you sort of forget someone's on the undercard. But, um, but yeah, no, I'm a big fan of it. And I'm looking forward to New York. That's, that's would, the next, um, next step. Imagine, though, if you could do a boxing show like that. Imagine if you were like, you know, even just your six rounders. And just have yeah, like I just, two kids, just sort of and comers, three and oh, and four and oh. Go for it. 
You know, you know, that's exactly. It's just you get like Fraser Clark Wardley. I'd watch that three times if it was a good dust up. It's 100%. just, it's just like, come on! If you're not doing that, what are we, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? You're Dave be- Allen, that's who you fucking. Oh doing. my god! Like that is, oh. I mean, and I like, I like Dave Allen. I like, I him. like him too. Lovely I fella. Like, also, he was yeah, I like me auntie Tina. I don't want to see her in a fucking British title fight. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? She could- if Fraser comes through, she could get the phone call. Yeah, I mean, I was... Tina. Oh, yeah, because yeah, I spent a bit of time with Dave Allen in New York. Actually, he was out there for that AJ fight because Darren Barker was training him. That's right. I don't know, but maybe he's had a bit of a change of heart. But yeah, I just, anyway, that, that's that's what frustrates me about boxing. You just don't get those fights, and we're not going to get them soon, really, because it's all the promoters. But yeah, a big fan of UFC, and uh, yeah, you've won me, you've won me over, Nick, with the UFC. Yes, I love it. I love it, um, mate. It's been a pleasure. Finally, oh, thanks so much. I feel like I've spoke loads. Sorry for absolutely unreal. Uh, it's great to have you on. What are you up to at the moment? What's happening? Are you still uh, on tour? Uh, no, tour's all done. I'm going to start going back in the clubs in September to write my new show. Um, no, just the Parenting Hell podcast, been doing that. Um, Robin Romesh is on the telly at the moment, the Radio 2 on a Sunday at 5. On, yeah, just sort of ticking along, really. Got um, some filming in October, but I'm, I'm having a quiet second half of the year because the first half of the year was a bit heavy with travelling and working and did the podcast tour. So, yeah, quite one. Well, you need to get out and start doing live shows. I'm trying to sort you I out know. that gig in Greenwich. We do. We do. We need Come to on. talk about this more. We, th- we get asked about this all the time. but You've got to start you know, doing them. Apart from it's uh, great to meet all the all the fans and the great experience, easy money. <laughs> <laughs> it. And it's good I'm fun. Have a few beers and uh, say whatever you want. Anyway, speak to you later, mate. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Appreciate mate. it. Mate, anytime, of course. You've been listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, I'll be back next week with some more specials. Adam is back later in August, and then the Fight Disciples will be back full throttle in September. If you don't already, please like and subscribe, and please follow us across social media uh, at Fight Disciples on our website, fightdisciples.com, is where you get links to all our shows. And if you don't already, please follow our YouTube page because we are trying to build that audience. I think we're up to about 30,000 followers now. It It is brand new, but we're trying to build that audience up on YouTube to bring you more content each week. Can I say thank you as well as a fight disciple and one of the fans of the show? Because I love it's on every week and it's you're you're so good at being honest and there's so much shit spouted at you from different channels instagrams whatever but i know when i come here and listen i'll get the honest truth of what's going on and i I work in this industry like the, the entertainment media industry not boxing as such but i know how hard it is if you're paid by these people to criticize these people so well done for doing it and keep doing it because if you don't do it you know no one will and this is the reason why people like the show so keep it up we love it mate appreciate it nice one rob cheers See mate soon, have a good one thank you for listening if you like what you heard Subscribe via iTunes.